Welcome to the Healing Begins Podcast on Spiritual Warfare. I have a special guest with me today, Deborah Elizabeth, who uh, used to work for the Dark Kingdom. I'm going to let her introduce herself and her background, but today, before we even get going with this, spiritual warfare is a topic. If there's a battle going on, I think we ought to know about it, and we know there is a war going on right now over the souls of men. So, Deborah Elizabeth, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, a little bit about yourself and your background, and then uh, what you feel is important for people to know about basic spiritual warfare. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me today, and I really appreciate it. It's been great to visit with you since I came back from my visit here, and uh, good to see you after so many years. I was hoping against hope that maybe Don would show up today, but maybe we can work that out later. Um, my background was I was raised in in a a great deal of darkness controlled by a family that that put the things of the spirit first, but they did it in the dark kingdom. And let me tell you, if you are a Christian and you're not putting the things of the spirit first in the kingdom of light, then you are being sorely um sorely outdone by those of the enemy and unfortunately the church has a real history well <laughs> you know growing up let me ask you a question do you know how many sermons in my home church i won't name the denomination i laugh sometimes and say abomination but maybe <laughs> i shouldn't do that but how many times i heard a sermon on spiritual warfare you know how many times it was very little none so we heard nothing about a war going on. We heard nothing about spiritual warfare. So when the supernatural began to invade my life at the age of around 12, it started kind of freaking me out because I had nothing or no frame of reference for that and no one to talk to. Uh, and I had to just live with that torment for quite a few years till finally I met. His name was Daryl New Plenty Stars. He was from the... Uh, Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota and he was a Christian Lakota Indian and he goes oh yeah we deal with that here all the time let me help you let me tell you about the precious <laughs> blood of Jesus he says <laughs> and he helped me right there on the spot by the way I lived with yeah. the Indians for three months and if you're not used to spiritual warfare that'll freak you out too because the <laughs> Indians got, got it going on in spades over there Yeah, you know. but he helped me understand and not to be fixated on Satan and demons and all that, but to be fixated on how great our God is and how marvelous and victorious he is. Right. Now, let me, I'd like to contrast. You just said that, and it just came to me that it's an excellent form of contrast. See, by the age of 12, I was being initiated, and everything that I knew was that our master was top dog because Christians didn't do what they they were supposed to do. I knew at age 12 that the earth had been created by God and given to man so man would have rule over it and the only ones who were taking that seriously were those of the enemy because Christians thought that before anything bad happened they'd get raptured out or you know God was just going to divinely protect them. Now there is that. God keeps his hand on his people. He will protect you and there is a grace but there are other things too because he gave us authority in the earth. Mm -hmm. We have to walk in a right position. And that is the 
first key to spiritual warfare. Know your position and your calling. And it's really good when you, I guess Jesus had his own initiation plan for me. Yeah, <laughs> he does for he each sent, of us. He sent down some supernatural visitors to come visit me when I was at 12 and about threw me into a state of panic. I would I much rather have had your visitors. I would agree with you on that. But I had, but you got to understand, I had visitors from the light and the dark side. So uh, then one day I asked the Lord why he allowed it. And he said, well, now when you meet people that are under a little torment, you won't think they're crazy, will you? Thank God for that because you didn't think I was crazy what almost 30 years ago now I've been <laughs> sitting doing the math 30 and, years uh, well yeah. I was a lot to take in at that time and a lot to learn because I had never as a young pastor dealt with it what you were into and going through and so it took a lot of grace from you to allow a, such a greenhorn I was really a greenhorn then I still feel like I'm a greenhorn today but I just got to say how great God is, you know. A lot of times people come and say, Hey, man, do you know how many names there are of Satan? And I say to them, Well, do you know how many names there are of God? For real. I mean, come He's on. Never He's never awesome. He is never so, out But done. I think people need to know their, what did you say, knowing your position? Yes. And I think that goes with knowing your identity, right? Would you Correct. agree with me on that? Your identity Definitely. in Christ? Definitely. Because, you know, when you look in scripture, you look in the Old Testament and the temptation of Eve, the questions the serpent, serpent asked her um, caused her to question God's uh, love for her, the mm -hmm. position she had in God, and who she was created to be. Mm -hmm. And then you look in the New Testament, and each of those temptations are identical. If you are the Son of God. If God has done this, throw yourself. Has God yes. not said? Right. You know. Every time, though, the difference was Eve answered under out of her own understanding. Christ answered with the word of God. He always answered with his father's words. And he got the victory, whereas Eve fell. That's the first thing in warfare. The enemy doesn't have to necessarily bow to you. He no. has to bow to the name and the word. Correct. and the blood and so you have to know how to appropriate those in your own life before you begin to minister to others or to take warfare out of your prayer closet mm -hmm. because all of our battles begin at home in our home field yes oh, we've got to have life. God plow us up and inspect our seed and make sure you know that we haven't picked anything up because even after you get saved you still live in a fallen world and every once in a while you need to get yourself checked out I knew a man who had over 60 years of working with people in spiritual warfare deliverance inner healing and counseling and he said you know you cannot walk through the pig pen of the earth without picking up a little poop on you once in a while and you gotta go get it washed off yes you know Jesus said the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in common with me Mm -hmm. And so he was specifically speaking about the, the man of the Gadarenes, the demon-possessed man. What do you have to do with us? You know, what do we have in common with you? And so when you're talking about, you know, being washed off and being in the right position, making sure that all of our doors are shut. You know, yeah. somebody asked me once, you know, can a, can a Christian have a demon? And I said, well, a Christian can have anything they want. 
I mean, whatever you want to open the door to, right? Right. And, and really, Satan is a... Would you agree with me that Satan's a legalist? Definitely. He's a nitpicker. He will definitely nitpick. I have seen people say, in the name of Jesus, and him come back with, which Jesus? And you have to remember that the word Jesus was actually made to distinguish Yeshua HaMashiach. Right. From other Josephs within Judaism. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that word was created mm -hmm. to signify Christ. But, and the enemy will nitpick that and go, which Joseph? You know, there's lots of Josephs. But when you say Yeshua HaMashiach, uh, there's no mistaking. There's I like no to say in the name of Jesus the Christ. That, and Christ yes. is not Jesus' last name either. Right. It's, right. He's Messiah. So, um, you know, there's so much power in Jesus' name and protection and knowing it. But so, so the first key was really knowing your position, right? Knowing your identity. Who you are and knowing your gifts. When you get older in the spirit, you really need to know your gifts. God will use you the most within those giftings. Some are called to intercessor. That's their prayer. They do their prayer on their knees. Others are called to preach. They're standing out there and they're trusting the intercessors to pray a shield about them. But they pray their own shield before they even stand up because that's the level of maturity they need to have for that intensity of warfare. And God's not going to throw you in where you're not going to be able to be sustained. However, you need to stay within your strengths at first until he places you elsewhere and submit to those above you as a covering because you need that in spiritual warfare. Lone soldiers and Rambos get picked off. Get picked off, yes. You know, the other thing I was thinking as you're talking, so many Christians, although they're Christians, does, they don't understand the total victory I mean Jesus just didn't win the victory he totally triumphed over the enemy and it says in Colossians 2 14 and 15 having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness that stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross having disarmed powers and authority says he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross now this public spectacle word in the Greek is like Jesus, the mighty king, is going into the amphitheater. And behind him, all chained up, stripped bare, are Satan and all of his demons. And he's made a public spectacle showing that he has totally defeated them, taking mm -hmm. the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And that's where our true confidence comes from. And a lot of believers... Would, they would win more spiritual warfare if they would understand and really grab a hold of that. Would you agree? Yes. That's the number one thing the enemy likes to do is make you feel like um, you're unworthy. And he does it in so many ways that you don't realize that it's actually against you. People have great difficulty entering into praise and worship sometimes. And you have to stop and say, no, it's because of his worthiness that I praise him and not mine. Well, it's because of his victory that we get victory. Not our own. It's because of his victory. Well, even that unworthiness thing goes back to identity, mm -hmm. to your position. Yep. So 
when we realize our position is because of what he has done, not what we've done, mm -hmm. that we are who he says we are, right. and that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, we really got to learn as believers, and I believe the church needs to teach this, how to tap in to that. Yes. Would you agree? It will. Without that, you cannot develop proper discernment. Mm -hmm. And discernment is so key in spiritual warfare. You know, now, not everything that stinks is a demon. Correct. Sometimes it's poor spiritual hygiene. And <laughs> that's where most Christians fall, uh -huh. is they don't do the maintenance. You know, when you get saved, I'm sorry to inform you, you got drafted. That's why so many people stumble into spiritual warfare because, you know, very few people like to enlist. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have the draft, <laughs> you know? But we all got drafted when we got saved. We chose a side. Okay? Are there any bystanders Not in this really. battle? Not really. There's, no, there's no but you, you, you know, can't say I don't end, want to be in the war. I'm a pacifist, right? Right. I'm right. sorry. Don't work as that a way. Christian. You can't be a bystander. Um, you just can't because there's going to be. You're wearing. You're supposed to be wearing, you know, the uniform of Christ, Spiritual not the armor. uniform of the enemy. Right. So whichever uniform you are wearing that day, those are the ones that are going to kind of come alongside you. So if, you know, you step out and you're wearing the uniform of the enemy and you're participating in some things of darkness, then that's what's going to come around you. Then your backside They're gonna is They're going to go, oh, out. they're one of us. Yeah. Well, it says in Ephesians, I love this, Ephesians, I use this when people ask, can a uh, can a believer like have a demon and all that? Because there's a fall. I, I use Ephesians four, twenty six or twenty seven. I don't get into can a believer have this or have that. I get into in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. So let's not even worry. Can a Christian have this or that? Because when you open a door, then the enemy has a foothold. And if he has a foothold, then he has entrance. To attack you into your life right now I want to also call attention in many places in the scripture where it said says he was possessed of a demon when you look in the original tense of that scripture what it actually says is was in possession of a demon mm -hmm. okay I possess a car it doesn't possess me right all right and so in the scripture there's that they have a demon now, does the demon have them? For a Christian, no. Ultimately, no. When we die and leave this flesh behind and the things of it, that soul that has been saved by the blood of Jesus is still going to go to eternal salvation. Okay. Well, the other Greek word but, is demonization. Right. To right. the extent that they've opened the door to the enemy is the extent that he has allowed to be in their life. Correct. Correct. And like, a lot of people want to get into oppression and possession, but... Uh, it's, no, I, I, it isn't even worth getting into. You know, you could even say it's a slime attached to you. Or it's a demon on your back with talons in your heart. Well, there was an old Jamaican song. It went like this. Shut the door, keep, keep out, out the devil. devil. <laughs> yep. Shut the door, keep the devil <laughs> in the night. I kind of like that. So, so you said key number one is know your position. Right. Do you have a second key? Stay under authority because it is protection. Whether it's a pastor, whether it's a spouse, mm -hmm. a prayer partner, 
um, a partner in ministry, you know. Um, I have people that are still long distance coverings for me, you know, and I haven't done a whole lot in in ministry in the past few years because I've had some health challenges and then I had was taking care of my mother and so forth. It's just been that season of my life. Um, but I've still had those people that I've known prayed for me and covered me and lifted me up, you included. Yes. And uh, so, and before I do things, I still lay them out to counselors. There is safety in a multitude of counselors. Mm -hmm. So along with that stay under authority is the counsel of test and try your authority. Mm -hmm. Make sure that they are in their right position as well, not abusive, not controlling, mm -hmm. and that they understand spiritual warfare and you are seeing victory demonstrated in their life. Well, and it's so, it's so hard to find people that are demonstrating that because um, I can't tell you how many people in the ministry that I know, the number goes on and on, and how this is not a topic of discussion, and yet, and yet on this channel we got people. Ta I just we had a new listener the other day from Taiwan, mm -hmm. so that's quite a ways out. And we've got France, and I don't want to miss your nation. You know, there's like eleven nations now that are starting to listen in. And believe me, if if when we go to Costa Rica next week, they understand warfare there. They understand there's light and there's dark and there's a battle going on. I mean, they just really understand that. They usually the the when you work on the mission field, it seems like America has gone to intellectualism as it relates to the gospel. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And that's where number three comes in. Keep your spiritual life right where it needs to be. Keep your lamp trimmed and yes. bright. Stay in the word. Stay in the spirit. Um, you know, the Bible says we pray without ceasing. And I have people that have asked me, how do you do that? You know, And I'm like, you just walk along, you know, having a conversational dialogue with God in your heart. I said you know, to the Lord in the morning in the car, what are we going to do today? Right. You know, He's what right are we going to do? You. Who are we going to minister to today? You may as well, you know, I mean, that's all that actually the prophetic is too. It's just you repeating what you're hearing the Godhead say about somebody. You know, it's not some heebie-jeebie creepy thing. It's <laughs> supposed to be our normal is to walk in the spirit because I'll tell you, this, the victory comes in the spirit, not in the flesh. Hmm. The flesh doesn't get any glory. Isn't it somewhere in the Bible it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood? Correct. Well, I'm, I'm being a little facetious here. <laughs> That's in Ephesians, I think. Is that part of your next point or that you were going to talk about the armor of God or is that later? Well, that's part of keeping your... That's a sub point on the staying in right position in the spirit. You have to put that armor on every day. You have to ask the Lord and Holy Spirit to bathe your mind, to bring scripture that you know that's there within you, bring it to fruition throughout the day and give you everything you need yes. for that day, mm -hmm. for everything he has before you that day. And live there, you know, that's where your protection comes from, is that is your armor, because you can't do any of that without faith. And the very first thing you put on, you know, is the breastplate of righteousness and you pick up that shield of faith. So mm -hmm. you can't you can't do that without faith. People said to me, How do you how do I put my armor on? I put my armor on every day and I go, Well, I don't. They go, What do you mean? If my armor's on, 
when I'm in right relationship with God, when I've been talking to the Lord, been communing with Jesus, my armor's in place. I don't got to worry about it. It's there. It's mm -hmm. in place. No, I think people do it as a visual. And in church growing up, growing up, we had called CYC, and uh, one of the things we got a badge for is if we could memorize all the pieces of the armor. We had to memorize <laughs> Ephesians chapter well, six, one through eighteen. You know, not not one through eighteen, uh, ten through eighteen. Maybe I ought to read that. It, it says Ephesians six, ten through eighteen. Finally, I like it. Finally, so don't forget this. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Man, does he have schemes! Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! You know, do you know what the devil's uh, mission statement is? John ten ten. The thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And, and, that, and in the Greek says our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, i always been told when you read it, therefore, go back and see what it was put yeah. there for. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and that means it will come, you may be able to stand your ground after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel and the peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith. I like how the King James says it. Wherewith which you can mm -hmm. quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. Then it says, put on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In verse 18, yes. you can't forget the lance of intercession. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. See, the Romans also had a lance. Mm -hmm. They used to throw long distance at the enemy. And right. This is the Lance when he's 18. He's talking about praying in the Spirit. So to me, do you have any thoughts in this passage? Um, yeah, I'd like to call attention first where it says, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil is forever, forever separated from the Creator. He has no new schemes. They're all the old schemes just dressed up in a different package that's where discernment comes from that's why you need you know the shield of faith you need the sword of the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit you need the belt of truth because with those things you can discern the old schemes with the new wrappings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay and as our technology and our world changes he's getting really good at being very subtle and making things like political correctness a wonderful covering for a lot of his arrows and schemes. They're still the same old things. Deception, you know, mm -hmm. lies, dividing, mm -hmm. you know, distracting from truth, but they're all the same schemes. You know, in 2 uh, Corinthians 2.11, the Bible tells us that we are to be aware of Satan's schemes or his devices. Mm -hmm. And he's always a schemer, but you're right there. He never uses anything new. He always takes something and puts a little bit of dressing on it and uses it in a little bit different way and a little bit different light, right? Right. Now, one thing I do want to caution new believers with is um, 
Ask Holy Spirit to make you continuously aware of your own motives. Mm. When you begin to exercise your authority in Christ in spiritual warfare, the first battleground is going to be within you, and the Lord is going to allow you to see areas in your life that need to be addressed, that you need to begin to take control over through the Word mm. and by the Spirit. So be ready for that. However, every victory you get, you remember it's for God's glory so he can use you greater in the kingdom and you can become who he created you to be, not so you can become a powerhouse in your own right. And the enemy will always come in with pride and mm. try to sow that pride with every victory you get. So watch the seed you allow to get planted in your life. Check it for where it comes from, who it's coming from, and just be aware that the more you grow in the battle, the stronger a warrior be you become. Joyfully, the greater a target you become. And I say joyfully because that's just greater opportunity for Christ to show his glory stronger through you in the earth at a time when this earth needs it. You know, you're talking about humility. Do you remember the book, The Final Quest? Yes. You remember he's the going cloak. up the mountain and then the angel says, hey, do you see those preachers down below in the valley? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, do you see the column of the enemy and waiting for them over there? And he goes, no, I can't see it. And the angel goes, hang on. And the angel throws over his armor, which is shining real bright, a real drabby looking cloak. And he didn't like it at all. But then like when burlap. the cloak, well, like burlap, when the cloak was on him, he could see the enemy and the right. first of preachers down below got captured. And then he said to the angel, what is this? I don't that you put on me and the angel goes that's well that's the highest rank in heaven yes. it's the cloak of humility and so humility is really knowing again your position yes right it all comes back to it's that. christ in me hope of glory mm -hmm. um i only any if god did anything good through me it's because of him yeah um you think it's under important to understand the weapons, our weaponry that we have? I know that we have the armor, you know, mm -hmm. and there are defensive and offensive. You got the shield, the shield. Do you love the shield? I love the shield. I do. It's but my greatest weapon. Is your shield? Love. Love. Go into that. Love covers a multitude of sins. Hmm. And the devil hates when sins get forgiven and washed away. Oh, he yeah. He wants every sin to come out and be exposed to bring you down, make you suffer. You know, that's why things get brought to the light. Okay? God brings mm -hmm. them to the light for your freedom. But you know what? In the end, our humility is what gets us through it. You know, you go through having something that you've done in the dark brought to the light. You'll get humble at the end. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then you're the one that needs the warfare done for you. There's another weapon I like. It's called the shoes of peace. Yeah. Being able to lay down and sleep in absolute peace mm -hmm. when the battle's raging all around you. Yes. Yes. One of my um, favorite stories was one of Lester Sumrall, who was in the jungles, and he would often wake up to a horrible presence in his room, and he grew to understand who it was and he would just shrug and say oh it's just the devil 
go away, Jabal, in Jesus' name. And he lay back down and go to sleep. And then there was one story that I cannot remember where it came from, but he woke up and his furniture was moving. Uh-huh. I remember that and one. The enemy was so strong. His whole hut and everything was vibrating. And he bound everything and everything stopped. And he started to go back to sleep. And then he sat back up and he ordered the devil back in the room. And he felt the presence come back in. And he said, okay, devil, you got to restore what you took. You got to put it all back in Jesus' name. <laughs> and everything went back where it was. And then the, he ordered the presence to leave again, and it did. That's where we need to live. Well, we need to live in faith and not fear. And here's what's happened, I think. In the church today, the church has made the enemy out to look really big. Yeah. And so there's a lot of fear around things you don't understand. But really beautiful, too. We have all of the things about vampirism and the bestiality involved with werewolf. Oh, my gosh. That stuff is all horrible. Of that, all of that. You know? Yeah. All that stuff is invading our kids right now on yes. TV, in yes. movies. And it I all mean, has roots. It does. Darkness, it, the occult, sacrifice, And Molech, people don't realize everything. when they watch that stuff, they actually open the door yes. for more, I call it self-imposed spiritual warfare. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you yep. open the door to, you are self-imposing to come attack you. Yes. So by the way, if you're out watching horror movies and think it's so, oh, I hate The Conjuring. That is a horrible movie. Mm. Shut the door. You know how you shut the door? Through repentance. Lord, forgive me for watching that. Put the blood over it. And don't go back. And I can tell you this. I used to watch a lot of horror movies. They were like comedy to me because of the fact that I knew how the enemy uses that type of media. And I could recognize every tactic, every scheme, all of the programming involved in it. And I will tell you many times, the rituals they are voicing in what you think is just a made-up garbled language that they created for the script are actually real rituals. They may not be in the original tongue those rituals were written in or first spoken in, but they are in one of the archaic languages. And to, you're sitting there receiving that. You paid your money to see that. You invested your money, which came from God, since all comes from him. You invested in that. Yeah, that when you think about that, it's like shut the door. Right, and you, where you put your finances determines whether your finances your are blessed is. or not. Yeah, so if you're if you got a kid watching these movies, man, shut the door in your homes to these things. Right. Don't let your kids watch. They're going to get mad. Oh, mom, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, this stuff is real. Keep the door shut. Repentance in the blood of Jesus is the best way to shut the door on the enemy's foot. Right. And as you begin to hear about walk in spiritual warfare be aware the enemy will try and make you fearful of things. And you'll find that rising up in you. And you don't need to be afraid because in Proverbs 26.2, the board says that a curse without cause will not alight. As long as you keep those doors shut, it's not going to happen to you. Just like as long as you put the blood on the doorpost during the Passover, the Jews were protected. No harm came to them. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I like uh, one of the things of working with you, what I, I came to understand is that the angels would interact with us, actually. They would actually come on scene and be there to help. And them, that's another thing you never hear um, churches talk about because <laughs> what happens is, and, and this is true, this bothers me that this happens. People will all of a sudden get fascinated with angels. Well, Joseph Smith got fascinated with angels too, and he got deceived. Yeah. And we could go into many other, and you gotta be really, really careful. But the Bible says in Hebrews 1.14 that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. And so we can ask the Father in the name of Jesus to help us minister to with an heir of salvation that we're ministering to and those angels will come and actually do the word of God according to Psalm 103 verse 20 so we really need to do make sure that we stop all doors to self-imposed spiritual warfare right. and keep I've, our lives cleaned up right I've often kind of chuckled at how in churches that do recognize spiritual warfare and they do recognize that God has angels they seem to concentrate more on the demons I know. than they do the angels. Crazy. Only one-third of the angels fell. God's not out then. There's still two-thirds of his angels are out there. And they're his to command. We need to remember that. But we also need to remember that they are the ones that bridge the gap. And there's a lot we can do to help the angels. Well, and pray and I, for God to send his angels if you keep an atmosphere of mm -hmm. praise and of prayer in your mm -hmm. life and in your home you may find that you'll experience their presence or you'll sense their presence um, it should not be a strange thing no, it to feel be God's natural. angels around you you should feel like you're bumping into them every once in a while say hello to them you know leave Christian TV on for them all night while they watch over you mm -hmm. you know play some praise and worship music for them I, I can tell you that I know I have had angels watch over me. I had one poor man. We came home after church. We stopped at a a burger joint, and we were all going to my house. And, and after a few minutes, I noticed Brother Tim hadn't come in. And I stepped out on the front porch, and he was standing in my front yard. And his bag from hunting now was on the ground, and his soda was on the ground opened. And he was just standing there with his shoulders down, his mouth open staring up and I said Tim are you okay and he just pointed and went da, 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 there's an angel on your roof and I just said well yeah but his burger ain't getting cold and his you know, soda isn't pouring out on the ground he don't need either one of them just come on in you know <laughs> he's just gonna stay there <laughs> and he's like but he could reach four houses in every direction with that sword <laughs> and I said well good thank you Lord and you know I went out picked up his food and I had to gently lead him into the house <laughs> you know um, and yeah you may have an experience like that and you may have to be led yourself but you know may they all become just normal experiences for us because we're going into darker days and there are going to be times that you're going to have angels come across your, your path. And you're going to have to recognize when those divine, men, you know, those divine messengers come along. Well, the Bible says be careful that you 
don't entertain angels unaware so they can come right. looking like us. My favorite story in the Bible is Peter. He's locked up in prison and here he's got his four squads of soldiers around him and he's planning to take off Mr. Peter's head the next day. Yeah. But in the middle of the night, the angel walks through the wall of the prison and Peter's sleeping so sound that an angel full of the glory of heaven doesn't even wake him up and he has to poke Peter in the side. Peter thinks he's in a vision or he's dreaming. When they walk out of the prison and get outside the camp, the gate opens and Peter realizes, oh my gosh, this is real. So the amazing part of this whole story for me is not that. He gets to the house and he knocks on the door and Rhoda comes running. Yeah. It's Peter. She doesn't let him in. Peter's at the door. No, you're out of your mind. And what they said next really made me think, it's not Peter, it's his angel. And I'm like, wait a minute. Right. That, wait, uh, wait. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. But it's not Peter, it's his angel. So angels can sometimes look like us. Right. Okay. And so they heard Peter's voice, but they still didn't think it was Peter. That's how full of faith they were. They were praying. Then finally they opened the door and I think Peter probably said, it's about time you guys let me in. I got to get out of town. So, so, And if you read the book of Acts, angels were always had a role in the lives of believers and were intervening and helping throughout history, Old Testament, New Testament. Mm -hmm. And I love the scripture. Um, it's found in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So I love that. I love the fact that and in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those that love and fear him, and he delivers them. Yes. So, wow. You know. Um, any other thoughts around spiritual warfare? <laughs> That's such an open-ended question. I know. I mean, me we could go on and on and on and on. Narrow it down. Um, mm. There's one thing I would love to share really briefly, and um, we've we've done a lot of talking. We've We've talked about issues of war, warfare and all, but I would really love to leave people with some key things they can actually take home, put in their arsenal and do, okay? Okay. Um, and for some of you, you may be praying for family members that aren't saved or um, that are saved but have backslid and, and they're into things that are just leading to destruction in their life. And, and it's hard to know how to pray for them and how to institute warfare on their behalf. And uh, so I want to give you some clues, okay? Um, Jesus said, well, actually, Peter said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And thy house is key there. You can stand on that scripture when your children under your roof are falling, when your children under your roof are not saved, you can stand by that scripture. I stand that all my household will be saved. You can call forth 
scripture in that person's life because the word of God will never return void. So you stand against that and you quote that the, the word of God will never return void. And you ask the Lord to water each and every scripture as seed. And you begin to call forth that seed to grow and to produce after its own kind in the life of your child, in the life of the one you're praying for. You institute the word of God on their behalf. Those, those two things right there are key for parents, and if, especially if you have children. Okay, you can bind everything that is exalting itself against a knowledge of Christ. That is one of our great keys in spiritual prayer and warfare prayer, is you can cast down imaginations and those things that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of Christ in that person's life. And anytime you call forth the word, you're calling forth fruit, period. In a scripture that goes with it is Proverbs 11:21, the seed of the righteous, get this, shall be delivered. Yes. And so you can stand on that along with the scripture she just quoted and you can fight the good fight of faith with the prophetic and with the written word. And I want to encourage you if you are the only one in your household and maybe you have a past like mine that you were greatly used of the enemy or the enemy ensnared you so strongly. I want to tell you about Rahab. Her entire house was saved when she helped the men of God. The warfare was at her door, and the scarlet thread that she tied to tell the Hebrews which house was her saved her and her entire family, and she was a high priestess of Satan, of Molech. And she repented, and God used her not just to save the Hebrews and give them the city, but she is in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. So if you're standing all alone in your household like Rahab did in hers, you've, you've still got the victory. Well, and I'm thinking, how many years did you work in the Dark Kingdom, would you say? I came out when I was 23. 23 when you came out, okay. So my, here, here's my thought. We might have people that Listen to this. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're listening to figure out what we're talking about. But, it, but, it, but listen, at the same time, they might be thinking, I'd really like to leave the dark kingdom and come into the kingdom of light because I'm going to tell you, I love the scripture that says that God dwells in inapproachable light. He is light. And it's light. Mm -hmm. He's not only light. He's peace. He's love. I mean, and, and if you're in the dark kingdom and you're listening, I want you to know how much our Lord Jesus loves you. Lord Jesus Christ, I might add, loves you. <laughs> yes. You've heard a Lord before, and we're going we're gonna to change the title of it, call him Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, because there's another a person's name connected with the word Lord in the dark kingdom. So if you're in the dark kingdom, I want you to know, first of all, you're loved. Secondly, you can come back to the Lord, right? They, they can yes. open up their life and accept Christ, yes. right? Definitely. Definitely. You know, 
they you don't have to say but i just want to say to the christians listen as we end this podcast i want you to begin to focus on how big your god is yes i want you to look up the names of god and what they mean and really you know i like mm-hmm. jehovah rohi god my shepherd the reason i like it because the shepherd knows how to take that rod and <laughs> smack the wolf yeah. whack yeah i mean he was pretty mean he knew how to use that and then i like jehovah shama the lord who is near well sometimes we need the shepherd too because we he's do. got that crook <laughs> and we might just get to be a rabid sheep because i know sometimes i get really mad at what the enemy's doing you know and i just want to you know turn into you know <laughs> and uh you know i'm always thankful when the shepherd kind of uses that hook and pulls me back and says okay okay because sometimes the battle's not ours it's the lord and again that's where you have to know your position and your identity so you recognize those, t- those times when he says oh oh honey let let me show you how it's done i'm feeling like i want to get my hands a little bit dirty you know knocking these guys off for you today give you a little break you know uh philippians 2 10 and 11 says that at the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father what a great scripture so you know i cannot end a podcast on spiritual warfare without giving people a chance to rededicate your life to the Lord because maybe you've opened a lot of doors. And that might be some of the things that led to where you are now where you have this gulf between you and the Lord and you haven't been able to identify it until just now. And remember God does not condemn. Nope. He loves you. Satan condemns because he's the accuser of the brother, brethren, and he's a liar. There's no truth in him. The Lord convicts. Now, conviction hurts, but it's a different type of hurt. Conviction it's a drawing you to Christ, not driving you away. points at what you did. Right. Okay, condemnation points at you and says you're bad. It doesn't talk about what you, well, it talks about what you did, mm-hmm. but it defines you by what you did. And there's nothing they've done. Does not. That God can't forgive. That's true. The, one of my favorite, absolutely favorite scriptures is Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together, declares the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white like snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be they shall be white like wool. There's nothing that you've done that the Lord cannot wash even the very stain of it all the way as if it never existed. So all you got to know is the blood of Jesus is able to handle your situation. Right? And Go ahead. I just said amen. Oh, (laughs) the blood of Jesus is able to handle your situation. So, um, Deborah, would you like to lead them in a a prayer of uh, salvation and rededication of their life to Christ? Certainly. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we've had to to use the technology you've allowed to be used in the earth today to get this message out to those who need it. For those, Lord, who have who've never known you, who have been caught in darkness and who who've wondered even which way is up, Lord, I pray 
that your light would begin to shine, that the light that has been shared here about who you are and who they can be would even now begin to well up within their spirit, that everything that you have called people to be would be echoed forth within the spirit right now and they would begin to hear your voice, hear the voice of you, Holy Spirit, drawing them, for without the Spirit, no man comes to the Lord. Without the Son, no one comes to the Lord. So Jesus, we, we bring these souls to you today and we lift them up and we ask them to join with us right now. Just, just say this in your heart and mean it. Lord, I know that I have done things that are wrong. I know that I've been separated from you, whether it's been for a lifetime or for a day. Help me. Father, forgive me. I know Jesus died for my sins, that I could not only walk clean, but that I could walk free. Father, begin to orchestrate my life and, and the things in my life, the people in my life. I give those to you. Be Lord of my life. Let the blood of Christ rule in my heart and in my mind and cover me and cover those I love. Father God, raise them up. Raise them up. We call forth the dry bones, those who have walked away. We call forth the new births, those who are even now finding the light of your love and your Holy Spirit breaking forth upon them. All you do is just confess your sins, knowing that you've done wrong, asking for the blood to cleanse you, and saying amen. Let it be in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. And if you've opened doors, confess them before Jesus. Ask the Lord to forgive you. And then ask the, door, the Lord to shut the door and to seal it with his blood. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I end this podcast today. i just so thankful that Jesus, he just didn't overcome. He just didn't barely make it. Well, there was not even a comparison. Hmm. He overcame in such a big way. So, Father... We end this podcast focusing mm -hmm. on how great you are. I guess the old song I love is, How Great Thou Art. You know, mm -hmm. you made the heavens, you made the earth, you made us, you made the universe. I mean, you're just so huge and big and powerful, and you so love us, Lord. And for the one that's out there listening, feeling lost mm -hmm. and all alone, you're not alone. The Lord is with you. And we ask, Lord, according to Psalm 103, verse 20, that you would dispatch angels to visit and minister to people that will listen to this podcast in Jesus' name because they are Hebrews 1.14, heirs of salvation, mm -hmm. and that's who the angels came to minister to. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. and. Uh, Deborah, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's been a pleasure. And may God richly bless each one of you. This podcast was brought to you by Tharnapple Flooring and Furniture, where our beautiful homes begin.